Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hello listeners, it's Trish Hammond here again from Transforming Bodies and today we get to talk to one of, actually the very first doctor that ever gave me Botox <laughs> and, and that's Dr. Robin Chock and he's based in Adelaide at Regenesis Cosmetic Surgery in Kent Town and he's the bomb, I swear to God, Dr. Chock is the bomb, not just because you're on, you're on the call here, Dr. Chock, but you are the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to talk about the, uh, a new device that's come onto the market. It's called the Brera Plasmage, which Dr. Chock has in his clinic and we're going to have a bit of a chat to uh, with Dr. Chok today. So welcome. Thanks, Trish. Thanks so much for taking the time. It's good been... to have you. Uh, yeah. Good to have me again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell us, first of all, tell us about the plasmage. Like, what is it? Well, plasma technology is um, yeah, is new. As you know, at the moment, we're seeing a lot of people have all these handheld devices that people show on YouTube, whatnot, you know, there's like all, making all these dots on everyone's skin. So plasma is actually um, a superheated ionized gas that, um, so it's an electrical device that generates a lot of uh, heat right at the point of it, but not by burning you. So it, it, it's the arcing of the, uh, of the electricity, which actually produce a gas right at the tip of the, uh, of the the probe, so it gets extremely hot in that exact area, enough to to treat the skin, but not enough to really fry everything else. And the so the plasmage is, I believe, is the first of its kind, which is called a fractional plasma um, machine. So what it does is, um, as you know, with all the others, it's always on or off, so it's continuous only. Whereas plasmage. Um, coming from Italy, an Italian company called Brera, has a special technology that they device where they can control the energy in such small pockets. So they could go pulse, 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 little pulses of energy rather than one big gush, and then you burn too deep. So when they're making tiny little pulses like that, um, it controls the depth of the burn to just enough to just nick the skin, but nothing more. So that's what plasma is unique. It's a fractional plasma technology. So uh, what it's been like, what it's been touted for at the moment, what's been really successful on, is for like non-surgical upper and lower blepharoplasty. Am I right? That's right. I think. I mean, it's uh, it's in the in Europe. Um, it's already become very much much more popular than than over here because for us it's all new. But they've been using this sort of technologies for the past five to ten years, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I was quite surprised, and uh, when we first saw it being demonstrated uh, the last few years in IMCAS uh, conferences, they were showing us how they could do blepharoplasties, which is eyelid surgery, upper and lower trick eye bags and so refined to a level that we've never ever seen it's uh, almost rivaling surgery or sometimes going where the surgery cannot go which is you see and you have a lot of people think that uh, you know my patients inclusive think that well I'm gonna have the eye surgery one day and I'll be set what they don't realize is if your skin's like glad wrap it 
doesn't get any better. You can't stitch glad wrap together. Two pieces of glad wrap stitched together is two pieces of glad wrap stitched together. It's only as strong as the glad wrap you stitch it to. So with fractional plasma like plasma, it gives you a chance to be able to refine the glad wrap itself. So you are shrink wrapping your, your lids, your eyelids. So you're shrink wrapping them so that's uh, in refining them to a much higher degree um, than it perhaps even lasers could do, really. And this was, uh, you know, in, in, in just a few years ago, this were the realms of very, very expensive laser technology, um, you know, limited to specialists in that field um, of, of lasers, like eye surgeons who does only lasers or special uh, laser surgeons. And now... We brought the technology pretty much in the hands of you know a nurse or a doctor, and I think it's wonderful. It's uh, you know I've I've even introduced it to an eye surgeon from Victoria, and he loved it. He 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 can actually perform much better surgery than he could, you know that he could uh, do previously. Well, I've just I've been of course before we start our interview, I've been stalking. Um, the web and I am blown away like, so I just, I've been looking at some of those upper and lower bleds and, and almost one, another thing I've been looking at is some um, just for people that don't need a bleth for plasty if they just want to lift like the you know the, the ends of their eyebrows like all of that eye area there and I've just been blown away I'm just like what absolutely because that the, the difference is this sort of plasma technology or, or plasma, as they call it in in, uh, in Europe, um, is really being able to do a brow lift mm -hmm. and an eyelid surgery at the same time. So when you go to have surgery, normally the surgeons, the eye surgeons, tends to only do an eyelid surgery and not and not a brow lift inclusive because Medicare wouldn't pay for the brow lift. So mm -hmm. most of the time, they you know, and and uh, and the other thing is, uh, as we've seen in the past, when people uh, you know with famous celebrities, especially male, have the brow lift and the eye surgery at the same time, they could hardly close their eyes uh, or or they look silly. They look yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and you all remember how Tom Jones. Uh, the famous Tom Jones had the procedure, oh, yes. and he his eye looked a little bit too feminine mm -hmm. because it was lifted too much. Yeah. And 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 the plasma technology, such as plasma, gives you that that chance to do it much earlier at a much lower cost than having a surgery, and uh, you know with much lower downtime than surgery, um, and, and to a level where it's that good that it almost rivals surgery for most people. So how so how long so realistically then if someone does want to have the procedure like upper and lower left so how long would it actually take and what's the preparation like and is there any like what do you give for the pain and and how long are they going to be off of work or you know how long does it take all of that what what's the nitty gritty of it Yeah good question well the thing is, it does look a little bit aggressive when you see it the first time. I mean, it actually shocked me the first time how aggressive it looks. But in reality, it's actually a lot more refined than you think. So how we usually prep the patient is we always say, um, don't have any sun exposure, um, you know, too much sun exposure um, within a week before and after 
the procedure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so because otherwise, you know, some people they're sunburned and they don't realize that they're sunburned, and then all these things actually tricks up. And we always say that, you know, um, try to have less makeup, uh, you know, even a few days before and after so that the skin is not um, heavily burdened by the makeup or, or have something in the makeup that cross-react with the numbing cream that we have. Mm -hmm. So they come in. So usually they come in and uh, well, once we check them through consensus sign, um, you know, the Michaels would actually put a numbing cream on the skin on the eyelids or the eyebrow, whichever we're doing. And sometimes we might even uh, pick up a little bit of uh, creases along the, the mouth or something like that. Um, so it depends on what we're doing. And uh, so, so we'll treat the area, numb it down with a special anesthetic cream, uh, the stronger the better. And then um, it takes about 30 minutes for the numbing to, to, to start. And then sometimes if I'm doing the lids, and if they're a little bit, little bit, uh, you know, scare, I do give them a bit of nitrous oxide gas to breathe on and something for them to focus themselves on. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, it's, it's rather comfortable. So, you know, and and that's when I, I do prefer to use a fractional mode of the plus much um, because it's much more fine then my my hands can actually regulate it because if i'm dabbing a bit longer the dots are a little bit bigger but when you're on the fractional mode it's always it's always smooth it's always smooth every shot to shot to shot is always smooth so so what i and then what they do is like so half an hour to to get numbed up and then we kept them nice and easy in the cool cooler room um you know the skin is clean and then and, um, you know, when when we can sense that the, the skin is less sensitive, you know, with a bit of a pinprick or something like that, then we can start. Sometimes if they're not, as I said, the gas is good. Sometimes, you know, I do have to put a little bit of local anesthetic that inject just slightly into the, the lid areas there, just to give it a little bit more comfort so that we, you know, when we, once we start, as you would with a, uh, with a, an eyelid surgery, but a lot less, obviously. The amount that we put in is a lot less. It's about maybe one quarter. Um, and that's enough to keep them nice and comfortable. And we plan the pattern on how what how we're going to lift it. The pattern is extremely important in this thing uh, because the pattern, as you see on YouTube and things like that, that determines how beautiful the lift is. Yes. So some of the pattern that you see, which is a bit ridiculous, that people just keep it too simple, and simple pattern, and simple lift, but a much nicer pattern, beautiful, beautiful lift, because you, the wider the pattern, the, the, the smoother the grid of it is, and you can create the vectoring. Vectoring is when you can create a direction in the pole, so you can actually create a little bit of a lift in, more closer to the outer edge of the eye, or some people need a bit of a lift closer to the middle side of the eye, and underneath the eye, we usually do it just just so that it tails off to the side of the eye, a bit wider than the, the middle side, to give it more lift sideways, so you can tailor it a lot to create the pattern, and the pattern Pattern is, I believe, the secret formula in terms of doing plus much and um, and and using the plus much uh, fractional plasma. It does give you a lot more confidence than anything else. I've tried I've tried uh, another product that I got from another company, and it wasn't as easy. It was 
definitely a lot harder than I thought. And when they demonstrated to me when I performed the first one, mm-hmm. I I wasn't feeling very uh, confident, you know. And um, the the plus march is a lot more confident. Yeah. yeah, right. So, so how long do you reckon the procedure takes then? Well, that depends on how good your skill is and how confident you are. But if they're comfortable, I can do both eyes about in about thirty minutes. It's all done. Wow, that's amazing. All right, so mm. so you come in, you stay out of the sun for about a week before and a week after, mm. or probably a lot longer than that after, mm. but start some week before, um, no special food. No, I suppose you probably just want to do things, that, not take things that are going to make you bruise, like fish oil and stuff, like just the usual thing as if you're having that's you know, right. a surgical procedure. Um, and, that's right. And come in, numbing cream, about a half an hour for the procedure. And what about after? Like what happens after? Are you going to look like Frankenstein? And if so, how long for? And what is that anything the patient can do to, to speed up the process or help with the process? Absolutely. Well, after is the key here. I mean, a lot of these procedures, as you know, if people think about how to do it, but they never think about the post-care. So the post-procedural care is so, so, so important. Even for us, the first one that we did, we actually had to plan the post-procedure much, much more meticulous than we've ever planned any procedure, mainly because we thought that, well, this does look very aggressive. How are we going to tame it down? What would the person feel like? You know, and, and we want to shorten the time. So one of the best thing we have in our hand is a electronic healer light, which is an LED light, especially the yellow 810 nanometer, fantastic for its healing. So that was the first technology that we employ onto it. And then we, we also use um, uh, a, a product, which is um, a drone peptide. So it's a peptide which is made into gel. It's quite a firm uh, and, 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 and um, Sort of, you know, it's 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 quite it's quite thick. So almost of the consistency of honey, and uh, we mix that with a bit of a cream that has a little bit of a, a, a melanocyte control, just to make the the area so that it doesn't darken up. And we we'll put we will apply that to the skin, um, and immediately soothes it. Put them under the light. And then nothing too active, so no red, no anything like that, because it will burn immediately. And then just put them in there, and you know, and they can go, they go, go home with the remaining bottle of it. Um, we have now also added uh, a mesopeptide and also a vitamin C as well. Uh, if people can tolerate it, we just mix it into the cream um, as a mesotherapy product. Um, so we combine two of them, and the healing has been much more consistent, um, especially in the corner of the eye, where the healing can a little bit be a bit inconsistent if 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 uh, if you've gone a little bit too too long on it or too harsh on it. And but you do need that because people will come back and say, hey, you you miss a spot around that edge there. So we tend to do that little nice tail there as you would do, you know, drawing your eye makeup, just give it a bit of hitch lift. And then so with that, I usually would put a little bit more of the peptide around the area. And and that's all it is. Healing time, if we, you know, we will put them under the heel light on the day right after. um, And sometimes, you know, even the day, the one day after, otherwise we say every second day until they heal. Um, generally, they heal within about five days. They look pretty good. 
by about 10 days, the, the leaf is already there. So it's very rapid. So how many days did you say? To, how many? Days? Five to ten, five okay. to ten days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and five days mm -hmm. for it to look uh, pretty decent, you know, good enough for you to start to you know hit the streets and uh, go shopping. Yeah. Um, by about mm -hmm. ten days, you know, there might be a few little tiny spots, but usually makeup can cover it, and and they're happy and confident. Wow. So it doesn't take that long, and just like on that, like the treatment that you do post, you know, the, the, the things that you offer post-treatment, it sounds like this is stuff that you, because obviously you've been using it for a little while, so this is stuff that you've kind of adopted as an extra to the treatment to actually make the healing better and it all to happen quicker and to give people a better result. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. As I said, the post the post-procedural care is so much more important as well because to give them a good experience, and not scare and also the faster the healing the the tighter the skin gets and we've we, we you know we've discovered that that's uh, the trick to it um by improving how we can make the skin heal um we can actually get a much better and longer lasting result it seems the skin responds to that beautifully if we actually do it properly but if we actually leave it a bit too long the 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 skin doesn't seem to be dense enough and mm. it doesn't look as good. Mm. Yeah, right. So is it just – so once they've had their treatment, like you do the treatment on the day and maybe the day after, just see how, uh, you know, how that pans out. And then after about five to ten days, probably ten days, they're, you know, they're fully, fully healed and, you know, is it going to get better than what it is or once the ten days is up, that's, that's what you've got or how does that work? No, it actually keeps going for three months. The, our first patient got so good even at, even at three months and we only performed one on her so at the time we had very lim limited uh, resources to 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 re refer to mm -hmm. so we did that and um, we, we we put her on on the heel like almost every second day mm -hmm. uh, for about a week mm -hmm. and even up to three months we're still seeing results she's still loving it so um and, and the reason why she came to us was because she was originally scheduled for eye surgery but because she she was on the medication uh, for her cancer and the, the eye surgeons would not allow the surgery. Oh, wow. Okay. So this was her solution where she wouldn't have been able to have anything else in, as an alternative? That was a solution. Yeah, That's right. right. She was she was technically the, the surgical reject, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. No, I get it. <laughs> and, um, you know, and we, we said maybe we can help you with that. And uh, she jumped to it because I said, you know, we don't really know yet. It's a bit new. Mm -hmm. And she was the one who saw it on YouTube and said, do you have this technology? Mm -hmm. And we said, we have the technology, but we haven't tried it yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you'll be the first. Fantastic. So tell me, so should, so that's for blepharoplasty. You can do upper, you can do lower, or you can do just upper and just lower. And you can Absolutely. do a little bit of an eyebrow lift as well. I've seen the pictures. It looks amazing. Um, yeah. What about, what, like, what? where else can you use this? Well, this technology is amazing at removing removing um, any skin lesions and especially skin lesions like mole, skin tags, warts, sensorlasmum, which is, you know, um, just a bit of a cholesterol deposition, mm -hmm. especially near the eye and eyelids. And we've never had a, a tool that could target this so carefully 
but actually re just removing the lesion without a scar and, and not affecting the eyelid or the skin itself. Because sometimes in the past when we have to do this, you know, we, you have to do it, cut it with a blade and it will bleed. And when it bleeds, they have to burst it, burst mm -hmm. it, burst it to stop the bleeding. While they're doing the coagulation, what you don't realize is you damage something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whereas with this, we just target the energy so precisely. I think they hit only about, I think it's about 100 and 150 microns of thickness right onto the top of the skin. If you look at it carefully, it almost looks like lightning strikes that hit the skin. That's exactly what it looks like. Just micro lightning strikes that hit the skin. And that little lightning strike is what does the job. So it's not the people always think that is the tip itself has to be in contact. No, as it gets close, it's a little lightning strike. Uh, this burst of plasma actually starts to hit the skin and, and you will see the, the, the skin tags and things like that melts off. So we just wipe it off and then, you know, we put a bit of a cream to it or spray something onto it and that's about it. They heal. So they're fantastic for that. You can remove moles. You can So anything which is non-malignant, I would say, you know, short of melanoma, you're good to go. But uh, anything more than that, you need a specialist to look at it first. But yeah. uh, we have removed a lot of moles and I do love using it for moles because um, I was using a radio frequency machine to do the moles and I did get a very very good result with the radio frequency machine but however sometimes I find that especially on arms on the back the radio frequency tends to to, to just heat up a little bit too much and the recovery in that area tends to be a little bit slower and leaving a bit of a spot pattern but Whereas with the plus much, I could do it so much more refined, much more refined than I could ever do. Even no matter how I push myself to do it with the other one, I can get it almost much more refined without uh, heating too much of the deeper skin. So, and the lesion comes out, heals a lot faster too. So what I would see in the, let's say in the, from the face with the radio frequency machine, we would heal in about two weeks. Now with the plus march, they'll heal in about three to five days. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so, you know, and in the back, what would be around about maybe two weeks to a month? Now we got, we got them down to about 10 days to three weeks. Wow. That's amazing. I'm just like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like really, really um, amazed. I, like I'm actually quite blown away by the results. Can I ask you, so so what about this, something like skin tags? Can it remove skin tags? And if so, like how big? And, and so it doesn't well, cut them, does it? it just, you put it on the... On the it, it melts them. It just melts it. It's a technology. It's a, it, the way it gets it, it's, it's called sublimation. So mm -hmm. sublimation is how it just melts the tissue and it almost vaporizes it. So when it's in contact, you just see the tissue just absolutely just vaporized layer by layer by layer by layer. And so when you hit the skin tag, skin tags are really fun. If they have a little bit of a tag, you just pull them a little bit mm -hmm. and hit the stalk and it's gone. Wow. That's all you need. Wow. All right. So what about um, other areas of the face for aesthetic purposes? Like I saw a picture of someone doing it around the mouth for the smoker's lines. Have you done anything like that yet or, or you just you haven't done it yet but you know that it can be done or where else can you? We have done it. 
we have done it. I mean, one thing I do, I do find that it's a bit ridiculous sometimes when you see people use it for smoke, as you said, smokers' lines, and then when you, you know, nasal labial falls. I believe that's something best to leave it to fillers to do, really, because mm-hmm. you know it's a little bit too aggressive just to remove a line. Um, but however, where it's actually good is the line just in front of the ear. And you know, and some people who have the earlobes torn or something like that to repair the earlobe, and then the also sometimes some of the lines just the crow's feet, the deep, deep, deep crow's feet lines, and 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 the one in the gobella right in between the eyes. Now they are very, very good. So that's something I have to say. The plasma is very good at removing those lines even better than how we can do it with lasers because i think those areas we've tried to botox them down you know with neurotoxins and and fillers and it's always a little bit tricky very very tricky it's very very thin the skin but with the plasma i i can get down to to the much finer uh one millimeter or so to to get the the results so so those areas Yes, the I think the peri, the perioral lines, which is the smoker's lines, um, depends. If the patient is like saying, "Hey, I've had lasers, I've had everything, so I need this," yeah. then I might do it. But otherwise, I will always use our erbium laser to do it, or just a, a, a good good dabble of fillers, exactly where it is, mm-hmm. and I think it looks better because a lot of people, the reason why they have the lines is not because the skin. Is bad. It's because it's empty. Mm-hmm. The bag's empty. Yeah. So when the bag's empty, there's nothing you can do. So you keep frying the bag. It's not going to make the bag better. Mm-hmm. Yep, got it, got it. That's amazing. And so I wanted to ask you one more thing. Sorry, I could talk to you all night. <laughs> I love talking to you. So when someone when someone has had their treatment and you're saying um, like it gets better, you know, up to three months. So if they do this, is there a possibility that they may not need it? Like, is it a one-off treatment is what I'm trying to get at? Or do you have to come back and have a bit of a touch-up every so often? Or does it depend? I think it all depends. I think for some people, um, it, it sort of comes through the territory. What we've seen is the worse the skin, the better the result. Mm-hmm. So as I said, the surgical rejects, the better the result. So it's almost it rewards it when something is really you think well, i'm not going to get a good result for it i'm just going to have to warn you and they come with the best results so somehow this is a whole new level of treatment that we still don't have a full understanding of how the skin heals exactly that way when we target with the plasma technology now where where when people who are pretty good like pretty good i would say hmm, I don't think they'll be good enough for the plasma. If you want to do a small little bit of plasma, now with those, they might need a small touch-up. The reason for it is how aggressive do you want to go on someone who's only in their 30s? You certainly don't want to go too hard on them. But if someone in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, they love plasma much because plasma gives them a much better result. The reason for it is it tightens up the skin at the same time. The surgery doesn't do that. So normally in surgery, you know, in some of the eye surgeons are amazing at this surgery, they would do the surgery and use a laser to go over it. But their lasers cost two, three hundred thousand dollars. And that's beyond the realm of most doctors who doesn't perform enough of this sort of 
surgeries. You have to have a factory of uh, of surgeons to go through that to share the cost of a technology like that. Whereas with plasma, you know, you're looking at about uh, a lot less uh, in terms of costing. So. And they're very portable as well. Um, we've, I've already spoken to a few surgeons who travels between Adelaide and Mildura and uh, Darwin. And this thing, I think, I think they're about uh, five to ten kilos. It comes in a little suitcase. It makes you look a bit of James Bond sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you pack it in the suitcase and you know, off you go. You know, doing blepharoplasty. That's amazing. I'm I'm just so Im- impressed with it, and I'm actually coming to see you in um in about a week's time, so I can check out the technology for myself there as well, and maybe look at some of your um pictures of the patients that you've done, so I can um yeah learn more about it and share it as well. It's just amazing. I, I'm so I'm so wrapped with it, doctor. Is there anything else that you think a patient needs to know before they're having the treatment? Like, is there anything that we haven't kind of covered? I think the only thing that I would say is really, I mean, um, to, you know, it, it does it at the beginning of it, you know, allow yourself enough time, you know, don't have it just before a big event. I would say if you have an event coming up, you know, daughter's wedding coming up, start doing this three months before because it allows the practitioner to just give it a little bit of fine-tuning we need to whatever it takes or you know sometimes if they have a laser you could do a bit of gloss over to get give it that more refined uh, finish um, so I would say allow time but if it's a skin tag if it's a more anything between three weeks you're good so do not have this and you know and turn up at the next uh, uh, Academy Awards or something like yeah. that because you know the whole world's gonna see. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's not something I think in the first two, uh, week it's a, it's a bit difficult to cover it uh, with makeup, but after about two weeks it looks fantastic. And I think that's the, that's the one thing I would say just allow enough time. Um, in terms of pain and things like that, that all depends on the practitioner doing it. And I would say this is something where I wouldn't perhaps suggest people to go to a beauty parlor to have it done. You do need a bit of a medical professional to do it because it's just so that you get a little bit better of a experience with a stronger numbing cream, whatnot, to give you that better result. Because the worst thing is if you got one eye done and then you're in so much pain and you can't continue, now you're like, you know, one side done and one side not done. And what are you going to do? You know, no one's going to be able to save you. So, you know, it's one of yeah. those things where I think it's a game of skill. It does take a bit of a skill to perform it. The machine is very smart, but the person placing down the dots, the neater the dots, the more beautiful the surgery is. And that is an art. And I've seen, I've, you know, we have a, we have a, even our, our beauty uh, therapist girls here actually perform it and you should have seen how how neat the dots can be because their hands are so much more precise than mine because they're used to doing a lot of beauty uh, procedures that is very similar whereas for me doing it I'm trying to do a surgery to them and that doesn't work so I have to slow myself 
up down and place the dots as evenly as possible um you know and and set the timing and um you know we, we keep it all nice and easy nice music in the background very quiet no no hassle and then if they're sucking a bit of nitrous oxide you know they you know most of the time the patient is having a party by themselves already so yeah <laughs> Oh, no, that sounds great. That's um, so interesting. And you're right. You want to get it done um, properly. You want to make sure the person's properly qualified and probably done a few as well when, when by the time they get to you, by the time you get to them. Absolutely. Let them practice on a few moles before you get to your face yeah. because, uh, you know, and, and it doesn't take much for them to, to learn that. But once they've done a few moles and, you know, they, they really will get the hang of it because it's a very, very easy machine to use. But... It's just that it's all about hand skills. If some people just have the perfect hand skill, they could just dab it almost repetitiously, but mm -hmm. it's perfection with every dot. And some people can't do it. Some people can't, can't get those dots even. So, yeah. you know, and it's a bit of a practice, you know. And we, we tell people just, you know, buy a piece of a steak and practice before you yeah, do exactly. it to somebody else. I'm saying a pack's not a piece of pork, pork belly. <laughs> that's, that's right. And then yeah. after that, a good rub and then put it in the oven and whoops you know and oh you got crispy pork yeah you know yeah no, that, oh, thank you so much that's been so informative i'm just um i'm stalking 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 now so um i'm loving it so i think this is um a bit of a you know definitely something for people to look at if they're thinking of having or if they're too scared to have a, a blepharoplasty or you know not quite ready for that or what, whatever it's it's a you'd great technology you, you, you're not the only one you, you'd be surprised mm. there's a lot of patients out there who are very very scared of surgery because it is surgery mm. and i have them coming to me almost every week and say I, I i need my lids done i've seen the eye surgeon but i'm just i'm still too scared Yep. I said, what's wrong with it? And I said, they're going to put you under. It's all sweet. But they say, no, nah, no, nah, it's surgery. I can't handle it. And um, that's how it is. Yep. You know, uh, give me uh, the alternative. Yeah. I'm going like, well, the alternative is a little bit painful if you want, you know. But they say, I'll take that. I just don't want to be in an operating theater. Yeah. So it's a very interesting mindset. You know, you will think. They're going to put you under. It's going to be nice. You're going to have a little snooze. And you wake up, hey, your eyes are done. But a lot of people freak out. They can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I agree with you. I've, I speak to many of those people that they just don't want to. In fact, my husband's one of them. He's like, oh, I, you know, he'd love to have done, but he just is too scared for the surgery. So he's one that wouldn't. So this would be perfect for him. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, the other the other tiny little point, Trish, is um, when it comes to surgery, any surgery, the stitching. And when the stitching there's removal of stitches. And I believe that's also another deterring point that a lot of people don't like it. Now, with plasma technology like the Plasmarch, it's fractional, then, you know, we do not need to stitch that. There's no bleeding, nothing. Mm -hmm. So there's no stitching involved. And I believe that's also some attraction to that because there's no stitching, there's no removal of stitches later on from your eyes, which are very, very uncomfortable, um, you know. And I think that also is an attraction to the whole uh, mm -hmm. treatment, you know. And it's 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 quite a worldwide um acceptance of it you know despite of what it looks like compared mm -hmm. to real surgery but you'd be surprised how many people would actually 
opt to have this rather than surgery. So oh, oh, yeah. I'm still I'm still surprised every day. I I, I don't yeah. understand it, but I believe it has a lot to do with the stitching, the mm-hmm. stitching and the removal stitches, which is very very difficult because the stitches in a blepharoplasty is very very fine. It takes a very good doctor and surgeon to remove it, or a fantastic nurse who's got steady hands. Otherwise, it's a very delicate area to re- to have that removed within about five to seven days of surgery. And I believe that's something that uh, a lot of people worry about, you know, the bruising, the stitching removal, the pain, the swelling, so and the, also the scarring from the from the surgery. So that's something I believe a lot of people are worried about. But uh, with plasma technology, somehow they're gravitating towards that because they don't see a scar. I know that it might be a little bit more aggressive, but they do prefer it. Interesting yeah. enough. Yep. No, I, I speak to those people all the time. I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's so true. You're so right. Well, look, thank you so much for having a chat with us tonight, Dr. Chow. Thank you, Trish. My pleasure. So, listeners, look, if you're if you're interested in having, looking at this technology to have a treatment done yourself, or if you're in South Australia, um, Adelaide, Dr. Robin Chop from Regenesis Laser, Sorry, Regenesis Cosmetic Surgery in Kent Town. Um, definitely can't go past him. And if you want to find a practitioner in another state, you can drop us an email and we'll find someone for you at info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au. Thank you so much, Dr. Chalk. Thank you, Trish, as always. I Have look forward night. to seeing you soon. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Bye. All right. Thank you. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.